Hi everybody, you're listening to the Rope Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, turn up now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk. And we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FedLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom and we're rope partners who've been practicing together for a few years. And we're very excited to share our passion for rope with you from our beautiful city of Bangkok. And today, Maya, we're going to talk about a subtype of rope that comes to us uh, from the Japanese tying culture. And that is the Hashira type of tie. Okay. So what is Hashira, sir? So I'm, I, I don't speak Japanese, but Hashira, I think, has something to do with a word for beam or something like that. And in, in any case, it is tying someone to a beam, a column, a pole, a tree trunk, something that's vertical and fixed in place. Okay, so instead of suspending someone from a horizontal point in the sky, yep. we're suspending them to something behind them or in front of them, so parallel with them. Yeah, parallel with their body if they are standing up, for instance. And uh, definitely uh, it's going to be quite a different type of tying as compared to tying from a hard point that's fixed to a ceiling or to a suspension frame. Okay, so what do you have to do to actually get a Hashira to work? Well, you have to construct a hard point that is going to stay in place and be safe, and that is a big part of the challenge. Okay, so you have a beam or a pole, or you have some kind of um, thing sticking up into the sky. Mm -hmm. So what do you do to create your hard point? You have to wrap around that beam, and create enough friction, and the friction that's strong enough, that when the weight of your partner is going to pull down on those wraps, they're going to stay up on the column. And that's not as easy to do as it might sound. It doesn't actually sound easy at all. What, what are the physics in that? Because intuitively, um, one imagines that if you just wrap some stuff under pole, it will just slide down. Yep, and that's exactly what it wants to do, honestly. So why doesn't it? <laughs> uh, does it work? It doesn't because we're going to, well, hopefully it doesn't, because we're going to try to squeeze that beam as tight as we can and create both tension around it and also friction against the surface of it. And actually the surface treatment of the beam is going to be quite important to how well it works. How do you mean the surface treatment? Uh, if you have a beam that is, let's say, made of wood and it's grainy and it's unvarnished and it's rough, it's going to grab onto the rope really well or the rope is going to grab onto it and it's going to create a lot of friction and it's going to be very helpful. If you so it's have, more grippy. Yeah, it's more grippy, exactly. If you have a metal pole that is round and very smooth and painted with a very slidey paint, good luck. Okay, so how this sounds like quite a difficult tie. Um, before you've even got to the tying of the human, yep. you um, you need to tie the pole itself uh, or the beam itself. So how how are we actually um, doing that? What what does your expert rigger need to do? Yeah, I would definitely qualify this uh, type of tying as expert levels. Definitely not 
the first thing you want to try uh, when you're starting in rope bondage, I would say. Uh, you want to be able to put a lot of force, a lot of tension in those wraps, is the first difficulty. So the wraps around the pole? The wraps around the pole. You want them as tight as you can get them, but at the same time, you must be able to lock them safely and getting rope under very tight wraps in order to lock them is obviously very difficult because if they're tight, it's hard to slide the rope under them. And so how do you tend to, to do that? How do you tend to wrap the pole and how do you tend to lock it off? I My personal technique, but there's 10 million different ways of doing that, and we'll uh, talk about a video tutorial people can look at in, in a bit. Uh, my personal technique is to start with a lark's head around the whole circumference of the beam and make that fairly tight but not the tightest of my wraps and this first wrap that's a little bit less tight is what I'm going to be able to slide into to lock when I need to lock and then my wraps after that working from top down is the way I do it and my wraps as I go lower get tighter and tighter and Basically, from the third wrap down, I'm tying as tight as possibly can, like putting my whole body weight into it, pulling with all the strength my arms can muster, and making my rope as taut as possible. Okay. Um, and what other tips can you add for people around tying, wrapping the beam? Uh, well, you need to integrate into what you're putting on the beam some way to suspend from. Because if all you have is wraps around the beam, then all you've achieved is wrapping a beam in rope, and that's not where we want to stop. We want to suspend someone from it. Okay, what, what other tips do you have? Um, in order to achieve those suspension points, I would use either rope loops within my upper wrap, generally, or I would slide binners into it and then suspend from the binners. Carabiners, that is. Uh, and as far as tips, uh, in a more general fashion, uh, if my beam is irregular, if it's wider in some places and slimmer in some places, uh, it's better to be in a slim section of the beam. Because if you think about the physics, it's very easy for rope to slide from a wide place to a slim place. It's a lot harder to slide from a slim place to a wide place. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I've seen people um, attach their wraps to something on yeah. the pole. What do we What do we think of that? Uh, we think it's kind of cheating in a sense because you're no longer using the friction against the beam as your only way to keep your rope up. But for safety, it's pretty good. So depending on if you want to be super traditional or to be a bit risky or if you want to play it safer, um, either having something holding up your rope, so maybe there's some kind of nail in the beam, some kind of thing drilled into the beam that you can use to hold, uh, to help hold your rope, or maybe you can attach vertically to something overhead in addition to wrapping around the beam, uh, then that gives you extra safety uh, at the expense of asking the question, is it still really a Hashirata if you do that? Yeah that we probably don't know the answer to, whether the Hishira bit counts as the rope bottom's actions, so going against the beam, yeah. or whether it counts as 
the way that the hard point is rigged. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty um, risky tie. I would say it's one of the highest risk ones from what, what why I've is done that? personally. Uh, because if the rope slides down the beam, the pole, your bunny is going to crash onto the floor pretty hard. Yeah, so one thing I would say is if you're a bunny and you're um, going to do a share with someone, first of all, you need to be super confident that that person knows what they're doing. And secondly, I would also personally um, hang off the hard point a bit and look at uh, whether it moves. Uh, I would be part of that experience of how is this hard point rig. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't and, just take it as red. And in fact, when we do Hashiras together, we both hang from the top wrap and check that it's not moving at all. And if we were to see any sliding when we do that, I don't think we would use it. We would uh, no, either okay. retie it or abort altogether, I think. Yeah, but I'm not sure that, like having seen other people do it with you, I think they have no idea how risky it is. They so don't very have the much encourage buttons to really understand how risky this tie is. And if you do it with someone, really make sure that they have the experience in it and that you check your own hard point. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so I think there are a number of different ways that you can do this, um, and you've covered some of them already. Can you just mm -hmm. talk through those? Um, so the main differences you're going to see in Hashiras, in my experience, is the way you are going to position your bottom in relation to the beam. And the most classic one, the one you see the most, is them with their back against the beam. So you can imagine, it's like you're leaning your back against a tree trunk, right? You're just putting some of your weight through your back into the vertical structure, the vertical object. Right? Yeah, okay. So that's our, our uh, we'll basic... Some, I'll, I'll link to some pictures. I mean, I imagine people will have seen this kind of tie because um, it's a very classic tie. I mean, I mean, you never know. In scenes where Japanese influence is less present, uh, maybe they haven't seen it. And yeah, it's quite interesting. that's why I'm going to link in the show notes. So what, what else? So the back against the beam, that's probably the most classic position. And we'll I talk would about say... I would we'll say so. in a minute. Uh, then you can flip it around and have your model upside down. So her head pointing down and her feet pointing up, but still her back against the beam. That sounds challenging. How are you attaching that? Uh, you're basically doing the same thing you would do in any inversion, except instead of attaching to a hard point on the ceiling or a suspension frame, you're attaching to what you've created on the beam. And usually you're anchoring at the back of a chest harness or a TK if you're into that. And so your main line is going to run uh, in your bottom's back against the beam most of the okay. time. Uh, which is also one of the challenges technically of the Hashira is you don't really have access to your whole main line because some of it is between your model and the beam. Yeah, yeah, and that positioning also is a challenge for the bottom, which we can talk about in a minute. Mm -hmm. So what else are the um, the options for positioning your bottom? Uh, something I haven't really seen a lot, but I'd be interested in trying soon, is having the bottom facing the beam. And you can imagine a bit of a rappel position where maybe her feet are on the beam and her face is against the beam. Uh, so I don't know what a rappel position is. Can you explain? So, you know, rappel is this technique where you scale down a cliff or a wall by pushing against it with your feet and then letting yourself down progressively every time you push away from the wall. 
Okay. Uh, if you've seen people like cleaning windows on a high-rise building uh, with harnesses, that's one of the ways they can be positioned. So bum out, like, basically. Bum out and your feet against the surface. Okay. Uh, except in this case, obviously, my bottom wouldn't be moving down. She would be reset. <laughs> let's hope not. Me. Yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> Uh, and then you can be creative. You can have her on her side with the side against the beam. Uh, you can do more of a horizontal suspension, but attaching to the beam. Like you can wrap her around the beam if you have a very flexible bottom um, and the round pole that's not too wide. You can kind of like wrap her around it. You can. I mean, yeah. You can be, treat it like a pole, pole be, dancing pole. Be creative and send send us your photos. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. Um, so that sounds interesting. I think it's also worth, also worth noting at this point that you don't have to do a full suspension, yes. that you can do a partial suspension, which we'll talk about a bit in our scene examples. Yeah. Um, but having a bottom with one part of their body on the ground is not uncommon in Hashira. Uh, especially if you're starting out with Hashira, I would recommend starting with partials. And once you get a bit more comfortable, you can progressively moving to full suspensions from it. Yeah, and that goes for bottom as well as top, for sure. Yes. So Maya, what's the feeling of being in a Hashira suspension as a bottom? Because I think you've done these suspensions before, right? I've done a few of them. Not loads, but a few. Um, and I would say it would be one of the tougher suspensions that I've done. And That's when we nice. talk about um, two particular examples of the scenes that we've done, the f the first one I think was one of the most challenging was much earlier in our roping, and it was one of the most challenging um, that I've done, and that's partly because I find a vertical chest harness very difficult. Okay, so if we imagine your spine instead of pulling perpendicular to your spine, it's pulling parallel to your spine and upward in this upward, case. Upward, yeah, yeah. And and so what does that do to your breathing? Um, so it kind of crushes your chest mm. and makes breathing quite quite difficult. So first of all, you've got different type of pressure, difficult to breathe. Secondly, in the ones we're going to talk about in particular, I've seen examples, the M shape or the crab shape, you don't have a hip harness. So your whole weight is coming down through your body mm -hmm. and there's nothing apart from the hip, the chest harness holding you. And then um, you probably don't have a lot of um, other points, like you might have points, single columns on your uh, thighs, maybe if you're lucky, also something on your feet. Um, but in general, I find it a tougher, tougher tie mm -hmm. for that. Um, the the thing about having something at your back also changes the experience of suspension. So normally, the bunny at least um, is secured to something with space around them. So there's nothing um, nothing impeding movement. You've just yeah. got space around you. Whereas here, you've got something against you. So whether it's against your back or your side or your front. And it's strange because it feels like it should support you and take some of the weight. Um, but actually, um, it can be more of a hindrance than a help because you can't balance your weight as much as you might normally in a tie, which is more free, 
freestanding, free like where there's nothing around mm. you and you're able to shift much more. You, you're you're impeded from at least one direction. Yeah, you can't uh, float around as you please like you could from a suspension ring, for instance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's, you have something at your back. That's kind of sexy, this idea of having nowhere to go. Yeah, that's that's also true. Like you don't have a lot of your movement is restricted even more than in a regular suspension, I would say. So I have this image in my head and I have no idea how valid it is because I'm not a rope bottom and I've never been in a Hashira suspension, but you can help me find out. And I kind of imagine it like the classic Roman crucifixion position where you're like, well, nailed to the cross is the idea, but your body is kind of sliding down because you don't really have support and you're kind of asphyxiated by over time this sliding down and being blocked against that vertical cross. Does that, uh, does that sound like a thing? Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, the I'm just thinking about the, the two things. Yeah, I mean, the pressure is you're definitely going down and you can't go to the sides um and you are more limited in how your limbs can be tied and and your limbs are going to be tied back to the same point also so that's worth noting so if you have a suspension with um a bamboo pole or a frame your limbs can be spread out whereas this is more like a ring but a ring with something at your back because your legs are going to be tied up and back to the same point, say, as your um, chest harness, which also is challenging. Yeah, and that's a great point because the fact that your lines are pulling you back, but you can't go back because there's a beam at your back, means you're kind of pinched between gravity pulling you down and the lines pulling you back. And so you're at the meeting point of two crossing forces. Yeah, and it makes it harder to shift the weight into your legs, for example. So if you have your legs um, with a single column or, or a double column, or whatever, you can put weight on them, but not in the same way that you would in a free tie where you'd have a lot more flexibility to, to put on them. So it's much harder to balance weight. So it's a tough, a tough tie, for sure. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this rope podcast and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free, far from it actually. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. Now back to our normal programming. So, dear listeners, by now, you should have gotten the idea that this type of tying is no joke. Like, we're comparing <laughs> it with crucifixion, we're well, saying it's super are. tough, we're saying <laughs> you could crash your bunny into the floor. Uh, so, yeah, definitely, more than ever, this is one of the ties where we're going to say, make sure you know what you're doing before you do it with a real human. Uh, one very good resource uh, for learning this type of tying is the S&M series uh, Suspension Techniques Part 7. Uh, and you can find uh, a link to that website on ropepodcast.com because we're an affiliate. Um, the website is, uh, is linked on ropepodcast.com. And that video series will teach you both 
how to secure to the beam so that things don't come crashing down and also what kind of suspensions you can do from a Hashira. Okay, so talking of that, how can we use it? What kind of scenes might we have? Um, I think the most classical incarnation of that and a good place to start probably is what the Japanese call momotsuri, so suspension of one leg. So imagine you're standing up against that beam, your chest is secured to that beam, and then one of the leg is brought up to the side, usually with a single column above the knee, would be the way to do it. And so you have this position where you're standing up, but one of your legs is taken away and opened to the side, which is quite exposing, and then you're left to balance your weight between your chest tie and one leg. Okay, and so what does that do to the bottom? Like, what, what are you aiming to do in that tie? Uh, well, you can confirm or deny that it does do that, but I think the aims are making it pretty difficult for the person to stand up on one leg, would be one, because you have to balance a lot, a lot of your weight on a single leg and a bit of a predicament between uh, keeping weight on your one leg that gets tired over time and putting weight on your chest harness. Yeah, I think this is definitely a bit of a predicament tie. And if you can leave someone in this, they're going to get tired and tighter. They're going to put more and more weight on their chest harness, which is going to cause them a lot of challenge in terms of breathing. Yeah. Uh, then from that, if you take the other leg up in a similar style, you get into what's called the crab shape or the M shape because the the shape of the legs that are folded up form an M letter, capital M. Okay, and again, pretty pretty tricky. That's one of the ones we were talking about where your legs are going back uh, behind you up to the um, pole. Mm -hmm. And then as the bottom, Maya, you can try to press into your legs to manage your weight, right? Yeah. Yeah, you, you have a little bit of a souvenir from when we did that suspension left, right? Yeah, I have um, a scab essentially where I put a huge amount of pressure on one very small area. And so if, if you find um, single columns on your legs or your thighs above your knee an uncomfortable area, you might not want to do this one because it's going to take quite a lot of... And of course, if... Um, it's gonna, the rope's gonna rub, depending on how grippy your rope is, mm -hmm. and that's where you're gonna end up with blisters or, or scabs as the, the skin rub. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, then other shapes you can make uh, in a full suspension with the Hashira, with the person uh, starting from standing. Uh, you get their hands out of the way, usually you tie them, for example, over their head, and then the legs, besides the crab shape, you can put in a running man, you can fold them back with their toes against their ass, and that's a very pretty shape, I find. Uh, or you can also play with one leg straight up, depending how flexible your bottom is. If your bottom does a lot of yoga or gymnastics, she can probably get her legs straight and pretty high, and that can be very nice as well. I think that one is uh, an even more challenging position for... The bottom. Well, we have those amazing bottoms, and we have to challenge them somehow, Maya. Sure, that one would not be for me. Okay, so what what about um, when this is good? Like what we might when we might use this, and when it's less good. 
Uh, I think it's very good if you like torture rope and if you like <laughs> making your partner endure a predicament, a uh, rope that can give them a sense of desperation because, as we said, they have nowhere to go and they're very much at your mercy. Like, I don't think it's very easy to get out of a Hashira on your own. Uh, so I think it can really bring this sense of despair a little bit, which I'm kind of a fan of, personally. Okay. Um, and also it gives us more flexibility, because often we don't have access to a hard point, but mm -hmm. we might have access to a column in a building or a tree, because trees yeah. are good for this, trees, right? Trees are kind of everywhere, and they are very good for this, uh, especially here they have a trunk that uh, tapers as they go up, which is... I think a lot of trees do that. They're wider at the base, and then they get thinner as they go up. Uh, and then, as we said, you have a lot more safety because it can't. The rope can't really slip if it's going from slim to wide. Yeah. Uh, and so that's very good. And indeed, at the venue where we do our the rope jams in Bangkok and where we do most of the parties, there is a single uh, suspension frame at this time, so there can be some contention on who's going to use it and for how long. <laughs> But there are a few very nice big square section columns. And so if we use that for the Hashira, then we're not uh, hugging the suspension frame. Which is certainly one of our uh, imperatives and initiatives for why we're suddenly doing even more Hashira than we might have done before. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also the fact that we have a suspension frame at home. We don't have a column a at home, yeah. so it, it cool. gives them something a bit more original, a bit different to do when we go there. Okay, and what's it less good for? Like, when when would we, or who would we not use it for? I would say it's less good for a very dynamic suspension because, as you said, there's not that many options for swinging around. It's gonna be, it's gonna lead to a more static scene. You can bring legs up, you can bring them down, but you're not gonna be twisting and turning and uh, spinning your bunny every which way in this suspension. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, then it's not amazing if your aim is to have a comfortable, like nice, cuddly, no pain scene, because it's a bested. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and finally, if you don't have a lot of time and you're looking for a rope quickie, uh, that's not going to work for you so well, because the setup and the teardown, because you have to undo whatever you put on the beam as well as untying your person, uh, it's kind of long, and you can't really afford to skimp on it, because as we said, well, it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when have we uh, used it? Let's talk about a couple of the scenes mm -hmm. that we've done uh, to give people an idea of what that might look like. Uh, I think, Maya, the first time we did a Hashira was when we were on holiday yeah. in the Thai countryside and we have those beautiful traditional wooden houses that are um, built on stilts yeah very um, wooden very beautiful beams yeah and so we did our first Ashira on one of the um, vertical beams that was holding up the house so we were pretty uh, safe in knowing that it was solid because what it was because the whole house was being held up yes, by it, yeah, we were much. confident. But we were a bit naughty because the fr 
the house was surrounded by other houses um, and chickens and all kinds. I mean, we were right in the Thai countryside, so yeah. um, we had to do the actual suspension in the middle of the night, mostly in the dark. But uh -huh. in the daytime, that's when you set up your uh, hard point, and you spent pretty much the whole afternoon of one of the days setting it up and testing it, right? Yeah, I, I had this idea in my mind that I didn't want to uh, kill or maim you. That's good of you. Well and done. So for the first time, I wanted to be pretty sure of it. So yeah, I, I really took my time setting it up and testing it. I suspended those uh, giant uh, water container things you put on water fountains yeah. to it and messed around with that until I had achieved a very high level of confidence that it wasn't going yeah, to crash. we really tested it pretty hard and it was quite nerve-wracking i will say because we started like rigging it in the afternoon and so we knew it was going to happen at night so it was very um bit of an anxiety provoking afternoon for the bunny Which we um, and and it really was challenging for both our proficiency levels at the time because this is probably well it's at least a year, 18 months ago, maybe. And mm -hmm. it was the first time we'd done that kind of um, suspension. Um, and we did it very close to the ground. So I think, so we did, the suspension we did for our listeners was the crab or the M shape. So mm -hmm. the um, vertical chest harness and then a single column on each um, lower thigh. Yeah. And we did it really close to the ground in case <laughs> the point didn't hold. And I think I, Remember, we put um, stuff underneath uh, my bum as well in case the thing yeah. fell down. We, we were very safety-minded back in those days. <laughs> and rightly so, rightly so. Um, and I really didn't last very long in it at all, and it was extremely agonizing. And you loved um, it. And, <laughs> yeah, it was a really tough... Like, I have a memory of it as a really tough tie. And given that I love staying up in suspension, I love, like, the um, flying time, it was not very long at all. And it, it kind of put me off doing it for a while because I really felt like I can't really do this. This is, like, beyond my proficiency level. So it's worth knowing as a bunny that it's worth trying things more than once. It's worth building your experience. Like, if something doesn't work, take your time. Um, to kind of build up your proficiency in other areas and then maybe try things again, try not to get put off by things by the first experience because I would say it definitely did put mm. me off. For me, it was a lot more positive as an experience because we achieved what we set out to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. sure. Uh, you didn't get injured. We managed, we managed to do a suspension in a place that did not have a traditional hard point. And we're kind of obsessed with suspension, so whenever we go on a holiday, we like scout the ceilings and see what we can pervert into. We do. We point. love rope. We're obsessed with rope, and we love finding interesting places yeah. to do things. Yeah, definitely. And uh, for me, us successfully pulling off this type of tie opened up a whole avenue of places we could tie in the future. So I was. Uh, I was. I was very happy that it worked. Yeah, and it's worth um. It's worth a note on. Like we've talked about this, I think, in another episode about what success looks like mm -hmm. for you. Um, I'm quite hard on myself as a bunny um, if I don't stay up for a long time. Like if I can't endure the tie from my rigor, which is in particular for you as my dominant, mm -hmm. then 
sometimes I can feel like I haven't succeeded. And so it's worth, as a top and a bottom, you discussing, well, what are the goals of the scene? And a lot of reassurance from the top, if you can only stay up for a short time, that that was still a positive experience and a successful tie. Absolutely. Uh, it's definitely a type of tie where this has a high chance of coming out. Yeah. Uh, and then more recently at this uh, community studio I was talking about where the rope jams are currently happening, uh, I did a Hashira with uh, Star Coral and we did the one we mentioned earlier with uh, the partial with one leg up. Okay, so what did what happened there? Uh, I tied her with um, the leg that was going up in a futo and I anchored that futo to the side of the column, so it's a square column, so her chest harness was anchored to the face of the column where her back was leaning against and her futo leg was anchored to the side of it, so it was pulled quite far to the back and to the side and really opening up kind of everything. Uh, and I was using that effect combined with um, spreading your clothes open to get that exposure, like kind of playing with shame a little bit effect that you see quite often in Japanese rope bondage. Uh, and I took her breasts out. And the interesting way the scene played out is we started this scene towards the beginning of the jam and there was pretty much no one around yet, so we started tying. And she was blindfolded. And as we progressed through the tie, more and more people poured into the room. And she could hear them milling about. She knew that people were looking at her, but she didn't know how many people exactly or who they were. And that really amplified that embarrassment angle that I was playing with. Okay, and that that was um, she's only done a, a very small number of ropes, so that was a pretty tough tie for mm -hmm. a beginner, I would say. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing that kind of thing for for most people with um, a new person. Um, although it was a successful tie for you guys. Uh, yeah, I would say the scene was very successful. It certainly gave her some very intense uh, emotions in addition to the physical feelings of it. Uh, and yeah, it was. I would consider it extremely successful. We um, bracketed our original M-shape crab shape um, suspension with another one recently at a um, uh, party. Uh, yes, and man, the result was quite different, wasn't it? It certainly was. It certainly was. And well, I was. I was really proud of you because it demonstrates beautifully how you've progressed as a rope bottom throughout the years. Because that first uh, Hashira suspension we did at the Thai house, you were probably up for around five minutes, I would say. Does that yeah, sound right? I would say so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in this case, at the Thai rope jam, I timed you at uh, 65 minutes of flight time. Which also didn't feel like such a long time, um, but it was incredibly <laughs> difficult. So can you describe the scene from the mm -hmm. rigger perspective? Uh, absolutely. So we were absolutely doing the traditional uh, crab form or M shape. So chest harness anchored to your back, anchored to the face of the column, still the same big square column. And then single columns uh, above each knee, pulling back 
and away from you to the two side faces of the column. Yeah, and uh, can you give a note about how to tie the chest harness? Because um, I think also your tying has obviously come on a lot, and in terms of where <laughs> where you put the um, um, the tightness at the bottom and the top, mm -hmm. and how you balance those, can you can you talk a bit about that? Uh, yeah, I would put more tension in the upper wraps, so the wraps that go above the breast if you're tying a woman, than in the lower ones because due to the vertical nature, the bottom ones are going to take more, and so I counterbalance. Yeah, I counterbalance that by um, tying the upper wraps tighter, basically. Yeah, and this um, we did in the beautiful Japanese kimono that you brought me back from um, Japan, which is mm -hmm. my favorite piece of clothing and is amazing. Um, yeah. And so that was interesting for you to use the kimono as part of the tie. Uh, definitely. And to be clear, we don't usually uh, tie in Japanese traditional no. clothes, and that's not <laughs> our thing. And we're not very uh, Japanese -y in general. But no. in this case, we had this beautiful garment, and we were going to a party where there was going to be a bit of a bigger audience. And in fact, there was a performance. Um, later in the evening and the performer was tying on the suspension frame and we were tying on the column right next to him so there was a bit of a double feature happening uh, a lot of attention and you're having this beautiful garment that was both very nice to tie on and also could be integrated because i could kind of open up the kimono and attach it into the uplines that that also brought a lot of a uh, aesthetic pleasure to the scene definitely yeah yeah um and we actually went up and down a few times so when i first went up i thought i can't do this at all mm -hmm. um and it took me a while to settle into the m shape but i lasted a lot longer than yeah. i expected and then eventually i needed to put a foot down but i didn't want to come down mm -hmm. from the tire so you left me with um one leg on the floor and one leg up and then what happened uh, and then we you started experimenting with your leg and taking it up yourself which to me is a clear sign you wanted to go back into a full suspension so i tied you into a slightly different full suspension and then you wanted a leg down again so we went back to a partial and then you started fucking around with your leg again so i put you back in a full suspension one more time yeah so um it was interesting to try like then I started did start experimenting exactly as you say with different shapes to see like could I wrap one leg over so I was almost mm -hmm. sitting um could I do a running man like I was trying to could I stick one leg out straight because I'm quite flexible in the hips um so it was actually quite fun once that I'd achieved what I wanted to which was doing the crab shape for a reasonable amount of time mm -hmm. to then experiment with other shapes but it was a really tough suspension and I really felt like I had achieved something quite cool uh, you it. really did and it was amazing to witness and facilitate yeah and it's uh, lovely to have so I have a rock journal um link to the rock journal episode uh, in the show notes as well and that has um, help me to kind of note down progress with those, uh, those. Yeah, I would say this scene was probably uh, a high watermark milestone type of thing in your achievements and progress as a rope bottom. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say so. It felt like super, 
achieve achieve is wrong. Like it felt like I'd really made progress, that I'd really um been very successful, I guess. Yeah. Um, I would agree that you were. Yeah, which is which is nice. Like I mean I love rope and I don't do it for achievement in that sense. Um the Hashira suspension that we did originally was I think suspension number thirty and now I'm over a hundred and over a hundred anyway. So I've done a lot of rope in between. Mm-hmm. Um and it's lovely to kind of see that progress. Yeah, you heard it here first, dear listeners. The more rope you do, the better you get at it. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> so that's all from us at the Rope Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So iTunes, Stitcher, and so on. And come friend us on our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. And if you would like to support the Rope Podcast and get uh, nice episodes like this one uh, more and more and for a long time in the future, the best way to do that is to go to our Patreon where you can uh, donate either as a one-time thing or as a small monthly subscription. And that really helps us a ton to cover hosting and distribution costs. It really does. Also, if there's something ropey you'd like to talk about, you have a question, you have a topic you'd like to discuss, you can always send us a message on FetLife at Rope Podcast, and we'll try to answer you in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.